Hello and welcome back to Building Blue Zones podcast. This is episode 10 from the Double Digits people. Creating lifelong habits through goal setting with Alex Judd. Yep. Uh, thank you, DeMarco. I thought we talked about this. I was going to take over this. Episode. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're the, this is your thing. Right. Your friend. I got it. I'm going to go. But you I'm know what? Go. Thank you so much because no one does a good intro like you. Yeah. You have the best that. intros. All right. All right, man. You're going to go do some. I'm going to go set or... some goals. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to write down some, some things to do. So you got it. You got it for me? Yeah. I got it. Sweet. Thanks, man. See you, man. All right. Yes. As DeMarco said, this episode is on creating lifelong habits through goal setting with Alex Judd. So as humans, we are always trying to reach new heights, to succeed in any facet of life. That's kind of our nature. The best way to do that is through setting tasks and goals and actually completing them, not just so that you can reach the finish line, but also you enjoy the process of getting there. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. This episode is really going to be unpacking the importance of working backward to create action steps through goal setting, having a good balance between order and chaos, stacking habits, and other amazing tools and resources to help us form long-lasting habits. So I'm interviewing Alex Judd. If you guys don't know who that is, uh, I am about to tell you. <laughs> so Alex is the founder and CEO of Path for Growth, a fairly new and very successful startup that exists to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. Alex has a laundry list of achievements, including being the youngest host of the Entree Leadership Podcast, a top business podcast in the world currently, creating his own podcast, Path for Growth, and completing 22 marathons in two Ironman triathlons. That is super impressive. I can barely get like three miles in. So uh, yeah, that's that in itself is, is a crazy feat. But Alex is amazing. Without further ado, let's get right into our conversation with Alex Judd. I am here live with Alex Judd. Alex, thank you so much for being here, man. I really appreciate it. I know you have a very, very busy schedule. Uh, and so I'm very appreciative of you coming on here with me. Oh, Nick. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, you're one of the most growth-oriented people I know. So this is going to be an absolute blast. You're a good friend. Can't wait to have this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, so why don't we kind of dive right in here? Um, why don't you just take me a little bit through like your startup path for growth, what that is, what led you to that and, and where you guys are on uh, track right now? I love it. Um, I I kind of ask myself every once in a while, where are we on track right now? Like, what is going on right now? Because I, it's a little bit of a pinch me moment that I'm getting to do what I get to do because it really is. I, I kind of consider it the dream that I wasn't smart enough to dream up in many ways. But uh, honestly, Nick, whenever I think about it, I always go back to when I was in second grade. When I was in second grade, my mom, uh, I remember this, and she remembers this too. She was folding laundry, and I was sitting there watching her fold laundry, which kind of begs the question, like, why are you just watching? That, that seems kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but sitting there watching her fold laundry, and I vividly remember looking her in the eye and saying, Mom, when I grow up, I don't think that I would like to be a motivational speaker, but I think that I would like to be a motivational teacher one day. <laughs> in second grade it's like where does that come from i'm pretty sure she looked at me and she's like who are you like what are you talking why don't you just go outside or something and uh but uh, you know nick i i look at that and the reason why i always like telling that story reminding myself of that story is because so often like that's not an experience that's isolated to me that's in all of us so often we can look back to where we are today and we can trace it all the way back to when we were kids and a lot of times those passions, those dreams, they get submerged as life starts to pile on top of them, but inevitably uh, they, they do find their way out. And that's really what has occurred over the course of probably 
the past decade for me has been just a series of pulling off layers. I worked for a leadership development group that was associated with a church in Austin. Out of that, I started listening to the Entree Leadership Podcast and just became an absolute fan of that podcast. Like Ken Coleman was my hero at that time because he was the host of that program. And I remember where I was standing when I thought to myself, man, that would be a cool place to work one day. And, uh, and then 14 interviews later, as you know, Nick, I got the job and uh, kind of worked my way through the organization. And three years into the organization, I, uh, I ended up getting to host the Entree Leadership Podcast. And, and then out of that, really kind of recognized that I've spent so much time with entrepreneurial leaders that I realized I wanted to be one. And that's how we started this company, Path for Growth. We're about seven months in now, and we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And I just, I wake up every single morning just having an absolute ball right now and also not knowing exactly what's around the corner. So it's a fun place to be, Nick. That is awesome. Yeah, I remember just being so excited when... uh when I found out that you actually left. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, Nick. Thanks no, a lot. It's, it's, and it's because it, there's always a risk with like entree leadership as a company because you're basically employing entrepreneurs, so to speak. Totally. So there's always a risk of, well, are these people going to get so excited with all of these business techniques that we're teaching others? Or are they just going to leave us and go create their own business? And I was so excited for you because you're living out your dream right now, mm. you know? And so that's, that's why I really, I was like, I was kind of pumped for you to be honest. And I was really happy and I'm really happy to see how far um, you guys have come and how it's just blown up. It's, it's awesome. Well, that means a lot to me. I, I hope that you are one of few that were really, really excited that I was gone. I hope there wasn't like a celebration or a party right after. I, I don't think so. I think people <laughs> okay. were sad, to be honest. <laughs> Very good. No, but I mean, you, yeah. you actually mentioned something really important. There's, I mean, one of the core values at Ramsey, right? And it was one of the reasons that drew me to that place and probably drew you to that place as well is, is self-employed mentality. Mm -hmm. And one of the uh, one of the ways that Pat Lencioni, he's a brilliant business leader, communicator. It, one of the ways that he clarifies something is a core value is he says, like, you know, it's core whenever you're willing to accept that some people may take this too far. And Ramsey has said, like, okay, we're going to hire entrepreneurs. And that means that some of them are probably going to become entrepreneurs. And it was so cool to see that organization, like, whenever I told them, hey, I think I'm going to leave to start my own business, they, they didn't hold that against me. They didn't shame me. They celebrated me. And they've been such an unbelievable blessing to me as I've left. And it's because they just, like, they know, like, well, this is kind of what we signed up for when we said we want to hire entrepreneurial people. And I think that's what makes that place so powerful and so special. And one of the reasons why still I'm just so grateful for the time that I spent there, but also just still being connected to that organization. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I'm so grateful that I was able to run into you that one day at Lifetime and muster up <laughs> like, hey, man, you're the, you're the host right now. Uh, you might talk with me for two minutes. Dude, good things happen at Lifetime Fitness. Good yeah. things happen at Lifetime Fitness. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, uh, as you know, this episode is on creating lifelong habits through the power of goal setting. And I, the first thing that came to mind when I uh, thought of this episode was what better guest to have on than you. Mm. You are so good uh, with your habits and really good with goal setting. And so uh, uh, I'm a big listener of Path for Group growth podcast. So anyone else who's listening in right now, please check that out. It's amazing. Uh, you give so many different content episodes just based on personal growth, but also professional growth and how to grow as a leader, um, which is huge. So uh, I'm going to ask just a couple quick questions. We'll see how long it takes, uh, but uh, let's dive in here. So first off, I've got habits are formed through consistency and order. So how does goal setting lead to everyday habits that can propel you forward in life? Mm, I love that question. Whenever I think about goal setting, a lot of times I think uh, a lot of people uh, have a misconception about goals that in that they think that setting the goal is the plan. 
right? And so that is the equivalent of me saying, I am going to, I'm going to run a marathon. And then someone says, oh my gosh, Alex, that's awesome. Well, what's the plan? And I say, well, I'm going to cross the finish line. That's not a plan. That's so dumb, right? I wouldn't say that, right? The plan is I'm going to wake up every single morning for over the course of four to six months. And I'm going to put in gradually increasing training runs as we work up to 26.2 miles. That is a plan. And so, yes, goals are part of the equation. We have to establish a destination. We have to establish a finish line. We have to have a clear idea of where we're going. But goals are only half of, of, of the equation, right? The other half of the equation is what are the daily, weekly, and monthly rhythms or habits, to use the word that you use, that mm -hmm. I can establish that if I were to do these things, it would result in me getting to that destination. Right. Really, the goal, the goal is not the plan. The goal is the natural outcome of the plan. And so I think that's what's what's a real um, challenge for people is they think they've done a great thing by setting a goal. And, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to be admired about setting goals. There's a lot that's really noble in setting goals. But most people that only set goals end up failing within a month. That's why it's so crucial that we establish the goal, establish the finish line, establish the destination, and then simultaneously say, okay, what are the daily, weekly, and monthly actions that I need to establish to make sure I'm working my way towards that exact finish line? Does that make sense, Nick? Yes. Yeah, that is so good. And I think that's really powerful because you're right. People will set a goal and they think they're done. That's right. <laughs> I think, well, I'll get there. I'll just wing it and I'll reach this goal. Mount yeah. Everest, the top of Mount Everest is over there. If I just start walking that way, I'll get there eventually. They don't have take, anything set in place. And when you do that too, you don't have to reconcile with the topic of sacrifice, which is really interesting. I was talking, I was working with a leader the other day and uh and we were sitting down we were just establishing some some personal areas for growth and he was working on his his intellectual area and what he wanted to do and he said well he's like well i i think over the course of the next year i think i want to learn an entirely new language be fluent in it mm. and i was like oh my gosh like that's i mean that's a big goal that is a big goal right which whenever we're only thinking about the goals especially if you're wired like me and i think you're wired this way nick and i know we know those visionary people it's so fun and it costs nothing to set big goals right and right. so he was just he was just kind of like you know just kind of hanging out and saying like oh i think i want to learn a brand new language completely fluent in a year like that's outrageous and and so we could have just stopped right there and had we stopped right there, he would have looked up on December 30th, 2021. And would he be any closer to having a brand new language learned? Absolutely not. He probably would have done Rosetta Stone for two days and then said, I'll just focus on this later. Right. And, and so <laughs> what we did is we said, okay, you want to learn a new language in a year. That's awesome. Let's talk about what are the actions and habits that would actually result in that happening. And he said, well, I suppose the learning of a language is, uh, has to be a consistent thing. It's not something that you can just do monthly. And I was like, yeah, probably, probably not monthly. And he said, you know, honestly, like weekly, if I want to be fluent, 52 lessons probably isn't enough. And I said, yeah, 52 probably isn't enough. And then he said, so I, I mean, I, I guess I'd have to do it daily. And, and I was like, yeah, probably daily if you want to be fluent. And then he said, you know, and, and really like, there's a lot of things that when I focus on it for a day, I forget it by the next day. So maybe even twice a day. And I said, yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea twice a day. And I said, how long? He said, well, probably 30 minutes twice a day. I was like, okay, awesome. And then I said, okay. And like, when is that going to occur? <laughs> And the look on his face, it was just, just priceless. Like, cause when we're only thinking about the goal, we are overly optimistic with about the, about the amount of time that we have to achieve yeah. it. 
And he just sat there. And this guy has three kids. And, and they're all like under the age of 10 years old. And, and he has a wife. And he's, he's just a, a killer business leader, business owner. He's getting involved in real estate and all this stuff. He's doing all these things. And, and he was like, literally, he sat there for about two minutes just in silence, thinking about where these two 30-minute sessions a day would take place. And then he said, you know, maybe I don't actually want to learn a language. (laughs) But, but that's what habits do is it forces us to get serious about, do you actually want this? And if the answer is yes, then let's create the plan. If the answer is no, that's totally okay. But let's just not pretend that we're going to set a goal and we're just going to get there magically. Right. That's, that's awesome. That's great. Um, so you had one episode uh, specifically talking about order and chaos. And mm. so Jordan B. Peterson, you, you were referencing him. Uh, you listen to Jordan that. Peterson, Nick? I do. Yep. Okay. I didn't know that. Gosh, how have we not talked about that at Lifetime? Because when I see you at Lifetime, that's what I'm typically listening to. A lot of it goes over my head. I've got to re-listen to his stuff a lot. Um, Me too. It's, it's, it's very complex. But yeah, so... Uh, Within that, you've got growth, and that comes from chaos. That's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got order, and you can't really have the growth without order either. So it's kind of like a yin and yang between order and chaos. Can you touch a little bit on that and, and how uh, goal setting and how uh, habits tie into both of those really well? Mm. I think Jordan Peterson probably, uh, he is the originator of where I heard of this concept. I don't know that he necessarily came up with it. I just think of it as really a rule or a law, right? It's like one of those things, like the same way, like you hear, you can read a thing about gravity and then literally you can look up and see gravity at work once you understand it. The, The concept and the construct of order and chaos is one of those things that once you hear about it and you kind of start to understand it, you can look up and you can literally see it everywhere. It's, it's really, really remarkable. And so the, the best way that I think about it is very similar to what you described is, is order is structure, rhythm, routine, discipline, and cadence, right? Yeah. It is the things that we do daily, weekly, monthly. It's things being as they should be in their place correct and that can exist on a micro level being the individual it can also exist in a thousand person a ten thousand person a hundred thousand person organization right or the human race as a whole you can see arenas of order but then chaos this is why i really think jordan peterson's work is is brilliant the way he describes chaos is not necessarily just anarchy it's really just the unknown right? It's, it's the ambiguous, it's the untraversed, it's, it's the areas where order does not exist. And, and therefore there's uncertainty, but it's also in those areas where, like you said, that's where creativity lives, right? Because by nature, you can't create out out of the things that are already understood and known and in order you create out of the uncertain, you create out of the ambiguous, and so the way he talks about it is, is we have to first understand that those two forces exist in life. And then our goal is not to be, oh, I want to be totally a person of order, um, right? Because that person becomes very rigid and that person also becomes outrageously, incredibly boring and bored. But we also don't want to be a person of total chaos because that person, there's a word for that. It's called a train wreck, right? It's like <laughs> you're, you're just, you have no structure, no rhythm, no routine. Your house is probably a mess. Your car is a mess, right? And, and just there, there's nothing holding this all together. And so what he says is you want to be the force that mediates between the two. Mm. And, and like you said, the, the place where I think this shows up as being the most relevant, Nick, is a great example is like a morning routine, right? If you, and, and probably you've even talked about this on, on this program before maybe, and, and I know you've got a killer morning routine and it's something that you care deeply about. Uh, that's a great example of establishing order, 
right? It's taking something that could be total chaos, which is just like, oh, I wake up whenever I wake up and it's just like throw on whatever is on the floor that day and maybe brush my teeth if I'm lucky and grab a bar right before I leave the door, hustle into the car, speed on the way to work and hopefully get in there on time as I rip through the doors, right? That's chaos, right? And so what does a morning routine do? It says, I'm going to take that chaos and I'm going to subdue it into order. I am going to exert my will on it in such a way that I can bring it into order and I can have rhythms and I can have consistency and I can have habits and I can drink 32 ounces of water and I can read scripture and I can journal for 10 minutes and I can meditate and I can take 10 minutes in the shower. Maybe I'm even going to work out in the morning and then I'm going to drink a protein shake. And all of those things are examples of us taking what could be incredibly chaotic and bringing it into order. And what's crazy is, is I think that order has ramifications for the rest of your day, especially in the morning, right? So, so I mean, you know, just as well as I do, when we experience order in the morning, that's, that's what I call a, a high return habit, right? When you have a morning routine that you stick to, there are returns and ramifications for that for the rest of your day. And, and ultimately, if you put stack enough days together, then, then ramifications for your week, for your month, and then ultimately for your year. And so that's what I think we've got to think of is, is like, just think right now, and, and you and I could both do this. What are the areas right now that feel chaotic, that feel unstructured, that feel out of whack, that feel like maybe sometimes I'm susceptible to being in a funk. Uh, I'd love to know. I have an answer to this. Do you have an answer to this? What are the areas? Areas of the day, areas of the week, areas of the month where that occurs? I would say for me, the weekends are not nearly as ordered as the weekdays are for me, just because I don't need them to be as structured. I have to discipline myself to maintain structure. And then right after the morning at work, usually on weekdays, that is when chaos begins. I get in, <laughs> I get in early. If I don't get in early enough, I always show up early to work. But if I don't show up as early as I'd like to show up at, at least a half hour, maybe 45 minutes early, if I don't do that to start knocking out daily tasks, then the day will creep up. Tasks will build up. And before I know it, before lunch, I'm in complete chaos and I'm skipping lunch. And Dang. so for me, that's, it doesn't happen all the time, but it, in a sales role, you can very quickly go from order to chaos. Okay. So let's use that example. Yeah. So if, if that's where you are most susceptible to chaos, what is one habit that if you were to do it every single day without fail, every single day, it would contribute to that chaos being eliminated, Nick. And, and, and I want you to think about the smallest viable habit, right? The, the, the smallest viable habit that would have ramifications on that arena of chaos. I would have to say, uh, if this is like work aside, a habit on myself, a healthy habit mm -hmm. for myself, not, not doing like uh, 20 cold calls right when I get to work or something. Okay. Uh, instead of that, I would probably say to make sure that I have had at least one full, one full of these, one full water bottle of these. So that's 40 ounces and uh, at least 250 to 300 calories in me. Because if, okay. I, if, if I don't have that, I'll get a headache, I'll get sluggish, and I'll start to lose my focus. Okay, very good. So let's, let's do the water then. So, mm -hmm. so, so that's, that's what you're telling me is that 40 ounces of water is a habit that if you were to do it, it would contribute to you having the energy and the vitality you need not to just drift into 20 cold calls. You would step into your work with more intentionality and a plan. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So now have you read the book, the power of habit? I have not. I've, I've kind of listened to it audio version, but okay. you know as well as I do that that's passive learning. That's oh. right. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of listened to it. It's kind of like I caught about every 10 pages and then I just like yeah. zoned out. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so you may remember this then um, there's a concept in that book and it's really just the, the concept of the science of habits. So habits are most effective and most sustainable whenever they are anchored in a cue and a reward. Right. And so the cue 
is what is some immovable part of your day that you are already doing, right? It's the immovable, it's something immovable clearly in your morning is when we want it because we want it to be the before that, that area of chaos, Mm -hmm. but, but something that you already do every single day, maybe it's brush your teeth, maybe it's get in the car, maybe it's, maybe it's wake up in the morning, something you already do every single day. So what would that be? Uh, right now, um, just something that's not habit-based, right? So I would probably say, uh, my morning routine. Yeah. Just wake up, brush my teeth, make sure I have everything for the day and then get in my car and then start listening to some sort of podcast in the morning on my morning commute. Okay. So let's, let's jump on, get in the car. Okay. So, so get in the car. You're already doing that every day. Now you said not habit-based that is totally habit-based. And this is why, this is why everyone says, oh my gosh, I need to be more disciplined. You don't need to be more disciplined. You're an incredible, Nick gets in his car every single day without fail to go to work. And I don't look at Nick and say, oh my gosh, that guy is just so disciplined. You know, he gets in his car every single day. No, because it's a habit, right? It's like, well, what else am I going to do? That's how I get to work. And so, okay. So you get in your car every single day. That's the cue. That's the immovable thing. The routine is, is. 40 ounces of water, right? That's the habit, right? We need to drink 40 ounces of water. The reward, you don't get to get out of your car until 40 ounces is done, Mm. right? And so, and, and that's how you get to move forward, right? Mm. This is how, I mean, like literally in my morning, I, uh, my cue is that I, I start the coffee, right? Cause I'm going to do that every morning, right? That's a given, right? And, and it's not because I'm disciplined. That's because it's a habit because I'm hooked on caffeine, right? That's my cue. What is the routine? The routine is the minute I start my coffee, I sit down and read scripture. The reward is that once I'm done reading scripture, then, and only then can I eat breakfast. That's mm. when I get to eat breakfast. Mm. And, and the science of this, the brain science of this, you do that enough. And, and like, you won't even the same way you brush your teeth, you will, you will drink 40 ounces of water. You will, you will floss, you will read 10 pages a day. But the thing is, is you have to anchor it in a cue and a reward. And that's what it looks like to get intentional about bringing chaos into order. That's really cool. And I have not thought of that. So I, I just thought of something. Let me, let me see if I'm on track here. You let me know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's say you make your cue brushing your teeth. And so you want to make it a habit um, to have like five or 10 affirmations every single morning. You can't stop brushing your teeth until you read through those 10 affirmations. Yeah, I, I like it. Are you going to read while you're brushing your teeth? Or you're, yeah. Rah, 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 rah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that is, yeah, I mean, and what's cool is that that becomes like a stacking habit because if you're like me, I mean, I can brush for five seconds and say, well, like, check that box. I brushed my teeth today. It's like, no, dude, like that doesn't actually can. So like you're simultaneously uh, brushing for for a longer, like two minutes, like you're probably supposed to as well. So, yeah, I think that's exactly right. Right. Because but it doesn't work if you don't always brush your teeth. The good news is that I know you're someone that always brushes your teeth and therefore you're anchoring it in someone that's immovable. And then what's crazy is because you already do it you're sitting there doing something and you start, if you don't do your affirmations just because you don't care about it enough, then you are, you will feel the internal dissonance associated with, Oh, I know this habit exists. I know I have the time to do it right now because this time is literally here now and I'm choosing not to do it. And the discomfort of that dissonance is way worse than the discomfort of reading and going through 10 affirmations. And so more often than not, you will do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That is like a really good nugget right there. Um, man, I, there are so many good questions to ask you right now. Uh, I, this isn't even on the script right now. I just want to know like what got you to the place where you love personal growth, you love professional growth and you are literally anchored in your habits every day and you have you have goal setting every day like what got you to that place did it start mm-hmm. out when you were young or something that was more recent that happened why well, i i i'm not perfect at it right and and so that like that's what i try um 
my best to articulate is I have I have bad days, right? And there are days where I'm in a funk and there are days where I, I miss the mark and don't get it right. What I've learned is that um, strength often comes from shortening the recovery time, right? Because because if I'm, I'm talking to you, who's an absolute stud, Nick, I'm talking to all these people that are clearly listening to a podcast about personal and leadership growth, right? And, and the health, the, the growth of their health and their vitality. Um, recognize that, that the standard that you're shooting for is not perfection. The standard that you're shooting for is quick recovery from your imperfection. Mm. Right. And because I'm a believer, I, I, I believe that I am by nature imperfect. Right. And so that means I have a deep seated need, not a want, a need for grace, both from for, from myself and from my heavenly father and from others. And if if my expectation of my habits doesn't align with my my belief in a need for grace, then something's screwy there. And so the first thing I would say is establish your standard, not as I have to be perfect, because that gets you into a shame cycle that can be really, really toxic and not healthy growth. And that's what I care about is healthy growth, healthy growth. Yep. So that's the first thing. But then you focus on shortening that recovery time, right? And, and just say like, okay, there will be times where I fall off, but I'm going to get right back on. And, and I'm going to have accountability measures in my life and I'm going to have people in my life that I really enjoy and value. And I, and I may establish a whiteboard scoreboard, all these things that just focus on shortening the recovery time. And then you've got to have a compelling purpose because growth for the sake of growth is dead, right? So you have to have a compelling purpose. And what I've seen, Nick, is that there's, there's a massive difference between self-improvement and selfish improvement. Mm. When, when I am growing just for the sake of me growing and then I just start telling everyone about it, which that is so much of what's on Instagram today, I'm gonna get better for the sake of me getting better and then making sure all of you know about it. Total <laughs> crap. I just hate that so much. And and, yeah. and I can say that because I know I'm susceptible to it, right? But, but what I've learned from that is that's not sustainable because at the end of the day, I'm not a good enough, like I'm not a good enough purpose, right? Like I, I'm not a big enough, grand enough. Like I want something bigger than just my personal physique or my personal intellectual capability. Like, like if that's the biggest that I can think, then it's not really worth it. These habits are a lot of work. Why would I do them if it's literally just for the sake of building up me right now? That's the powerful connection though, is that's selfish improvement. Self-improvement is when I max out the person that I'm created to be, that's healthy, life-giving, sustainable growth. That's having a gym rhythm where you're in the gym daily. That's reading 10 pages a day. That's going to a counselor once a week, maybe. That's making sure that you attend church or read scripture, right? If I establish myself to that rhythm of growth, maxing out who I'm created to be for the stated purpose of others benefiting. That's self-improvement, right? And so yeah. that that's where I've found growth becomes this virtuous cycle because when I do need to recover from imperfection, um, it's not me that's the reason why I'm recovering. It's I need to get back into a position so I can serve others because I'm, I'm responsible to other people to add value and to, to increase and expand their possibilities and, and to effectively lead and to set a positive example. And the only way I can do that is if I'm effectively personally growing. And so those two things, quicken your recovery time and identify a purpose that's actually worthwhile are the things that I would call attention to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was thinking here, I wish I was taking notes, but this is going to be recorded. So I'm going <laughs> to go back and re-listen to this multiple times. Oh gosh. So many good nuggets in here. Well, oh, you're, you've got good questions, Nick. Hey, can you talk a little bit about your whiteboard and uh, just like how you use it is, do you use that at all for creating habits or do you just use stacking habits? Good question. I, uh, I go through seasons where I use my whiteboard or don't use my whiteboard. And a lot of times if I'm trying to establish new disciplines or I'm, I've, I'm coming out of a season of chaos that I want to bring into order, then the whiteboard is always a really killer tool. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so 
you know, this is a really, really scrappy method. I, I work with a lot of leaders that, that are way better ex at Excel and like Excel way more than I do. Uh, I, 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 uh, absolutely loathe Excel. Like I cringe whenever I have to hit, click that green little icon on my computer. So I use a whiteboard. Um, <laughs> and w the way I set it up is I'll just like, I, a lot of times it'll be my morning routine and I'll just list across the top okay, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. or whatever. I'm going to drink 32 ounces of water. I'm going to do 15 burpees. I'm going to read scripture, whatever I'm reading at that point. I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes. I'm going to journal my prayers. And then um, I'm going to drink protein. And then I'm going to read 10 pages. And then I'm going to get to work and not spend too much time on social media. Right. right. And then literally all I do. And then sometimes I'll even put an end of day evaluation. So like Jim Collins does this thing where on a scale of negative two, negative one, zero, positive one, positive two, like rate your day. And, and you can start to look for trends in your days. And then like, just, it, just in terms of mental vitality, I'll red, yellow, green sometimes. And then I'll list my bedtime. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, it's crazy how just having that visual representation in your room or in your house and, and the physical act of checking it off as you go throughout the day uh, just gives you way more focus and way more energy and you get that dopamine hit of, of I get to check this off. Yeah. The the error comes from uh, my, my counselor. Uh, honestly, I don't know if I've shared this with anyone. My counselor has got, got on me a little bit. He's like, Alex, you have to stop calling it a scoreboard. Because you are literally like you're, you are most susceptible. Like the the sin I am most susceptible to is rooting my worth and my performance. And he's like, you are literally scoring yourself every single day. It's like, yeah, that's probably not healthy. So, so you gotta not tie tie it to your worth. You just gotta say this is a statement about what is true, and and it gives us information that is necessary to move forward. Yeah. I actually had a, a big problem with that, um, tying my worth to my habits and yeah. if I could achieve certain goals and, and just checking, checking the boxes of, you know, I, I, I have a planner. I don't have a whiteboard, but I have a planner and I'll write down my daily tasks and cross them off. And I used to have a big problem with that. Like if I didn't get them all done or if I only did a few uh, a day, like it, it was actually very depressing for me. Like I, mm. I tied it directly to my worth. So yeah, that's very, very important that you said that, especially for our listeners who maybe just need a little bit more discipline. Maybe they need a little bit uh, more structure or more ideas around stacking habits. Like you said, with getting into the car, you can't leave your car until you're done with that thing you want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's important to do, but at the end of the day, your worth is not tied to the amount of tasks you get done every day. Um, I think that's so important. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. Because that's the dichotomy, right? You, you've got two choices. You can say, I have to work, I have to do these habits, rhythms, routines, and meet these goals in order to become worthy. I have to do these. Mm -hmm. Or I am worthy. I am valuable. That's already been established because I was created by something so much bigger, greater, grander than I am. And out of that recognition of my inherent value, I get to grow. I get to establish habits, patterns, routines. Man, I would choose option two every day of the week. You know, now, I don't all the time. Sometimes I fall back into option one just because I go back into autopilot. Right. But the thing is, again, recovery, you got to shift back into option two and say like, dude, th these habits, this scoreboard, all this stuff has zero, zero to do with worth and value. Yep. Yeah. So do you use the whiteboard to track your goals as well and track your progress? Or like, what do you use to track your everyday um I mean, I, I mean, trying to achieve a goal. What do you use for that? Yeah, I'll tell you, I, I, it is rare for me to hold tightly to a goal outrageously tightly. And it kind of feels weird to say, cause I own a, a company called path for growth. And so, so often people think, man, goals are what you have to have to, to, to grow. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, I suppose I do establish goals, but what I'm more focused on is the days 
you know, and so so like a great example is today. I love that we're doing this today because today is January 30th, which is the last day of January. And every January I do five miles at 5 a.m. six days a week. It's five at five is what I call it. Yep. And I love it and I absolutely hate it all at the same time, right? But I'm finished with year five of five at five, which is awesome. And uh, like, I suppose you could think about it as tracking progress because I do track, did I do it today? But in reality, what I'm thinking about is, did I do what I needed to do today? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yes, I want to get to the 30th and yes, I want to finish. And yes, I want to have all of the days crossed off and everything. But, but the same thing is true for training for the Ironman is like, yes, I think about crossing that finish line and that's important, but really, I, I mean, the thing that I focus on is, did I do what I needed to do today? And that's one of the things that we talk about a lot in our program with regard to building businesses. I've seen too many business leaders grow their business in such a way that it makes them absolutely miserable and they hate the thing that they created. And it's because they get this idea that they're someday going to enjoy the benefits of that growth more than the process. Mm-hmm. And my belief is that, man, if you can't find a morsel of enjoyment in the process, I don't think you're going to enjoy the benefits. I just don't believe it, you know? And, right. and, and the destination, I always think of this in the context of 14ers. I climb 14ers in Colorado a lot of times with my family. And, and that's a mountain that's above 14,000 feet. And that can take sometimes six to 10 hours, right? It's, it's a long day depending right. on the, 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 where you start and the length of the mountain. And, and by the time you get to the top, like sometimes it's been hailing at the top. The air is really thin, like storms come in in the afternoon. It's pretty miserable up there, right? So you really may only stay up there for about 10 to 15 minutes. And it's like hyper windy. You're like, I'm ready to go. Let's get down. And, uh, <laughs> If you're only doing it for that 15 minutes, you shouldn't be climbing 14ers, right? Like right. I, 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 for the end, it's not worth that's, it. that's right. You got to enjoy the 10 hours. And then the 15 minutes is just the icing on the cake, because if you can't enjoy the 10 hours, then you have no business doing this. And the same is true for growth. Figure out something that you're just as passionate about the process as you are the benefits. That's how I think about the, like the relationship between habits and goals. Okay. Yeah. And so what you were talking about with the 14ers just now uh, made me think of order and chaos. Going back to that really briefly, there was order in that you decided to go do the 14er, but you're not, you're not structured in how you're going to get to the top. And so there's a little bit of chaos there because you're dealing with um, all the outside elements. You're not at like a rock wall that's controlled and then controlled environment inside. And so that helps you grow, right? Because you need that chaos to help you grow. Dude, totally. I love that you brought that up. I, I went to the beach recently, which I'm, I'm, I enjoy the beach, but typically like it's, I love the mountains, right? Love the mountains. Mm-hmm. And, and I went to the beach recently down in Florida, just, just to do some writing and work for a few days. And I was thinking about it while I was running on the beach and I was like, this is just so relaxing right now. I just found myself like as relaxed as I had been in a long time. And I realized like, man, the beach represents order in so many ways, right? It's like the climate is so dependable. It was like between 70 and 80 degrees the entire time I was there, right? The climate is so dependable. It rarely, it rarely rained. And if it did, it was really quick. The waves, like you can always count on the waves coming in. Everything looks the same. Literally when I was running, I could see where I was going to finish in the distance from where I started. It was total order. Conversely, the mountains is like absolute chaos right like you don't know what's around the next corner the weather could change like that it could be really really cold in july or it could be really really hot right i mean there's bears in the mountains right like all these different things and so i i uh like it was fascinating because i was in a stage building this business where internally i was feeling a lot of chaos and all i wanted was to be at the beach Right. Mm-hmm. Where, where conversely, whenever I was in more of a structured role at Ramsey and, and it's just like it. you knew what every day was going to look like and you were there from eight to five and all these orders were put in. I wanted nothing more than to be in the mountains. 
And it's just so fascinating. So what people should take from that is evaluate in your career right now, is there more order or more chaos? And then create a plan to, to introduce the thing that you're not getting, mm -hmm. right? Because I mean, man, that's where uh, like, and I can, I can speak to men on this because like, uh, that's what, that's what I, I've experienced, right? I haven't experienced what women experience. Like, I think that's where men screw up a lot of the times, yeah. right? Is they, they get, they get bogged down by mundane order, the same thing every single day, which that's part of having a job. Welcome to the real world, but right. they don't introduce any chaos. And so, I mean, they end up in a strip, pl a strip club, they end up doing drugs, they end up hanging around with the wrong people, they end up committing petty crimes, literally because they're hungry for chaos. Go do something that's healthy. Go out into the mountains, go on a trail run, start pick up boxing, right? Go do something that's actually helpful instead of something that's going to ruin your life. Alex, that is literally me to a T. So right now, <laughs> hopefully, I, hopefully it's not you in strip clubs and no, doing no, drugs. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, when you're going through the order and the chaos of, of the beach versus the mountain, that is that is literally me. So even in grad school and undergrad, I'd have so much order to my days because mm -hmm. I'd, I'd literally wake up, I'd go to class, I'd go to the library. Some days I'd go to the library until 2 a.m. And then I'd, I'd repeat and do it all over again. And it was so structured and ordered that I was, I got to a place where I was miserable. Mm. And all I wanted to do was go to the mountains and snowboard. And when I did <laughs> that, it was the best feeling. Those were always my favorite vacations. I always pick mountains over the beach and it's because my life is so ordered right now. If it That's was a right. little more chaotic, I would probably pick the beach because I just want to relax. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. I, I, yeah, that was a really interesting realization to me because it literally just hit me. I was like, why, why is this so helpful? And then I was literally looking at the waves and just realizing they just don't stop coming. And it was like, oh, this Jordan oh. Peterson guy, he's on to something. Like he's got <laughs> he is a genius. Yeah. Yeah. He, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> oh man. And the same is true for when you're doing your five miles. Do you ever take any different routes to maybe have a little bit of chaos in the day and grow a little bit? Yeah. Oh yeah. I have to. I mean, this, this go around, this was the easiest time I've ever done it. And I think a lot of that is because we had other people involved this year, which was kind of awesome. But every day, every day I took a different route and I even traveled some. So I got to do it in other towns too. And then so the, cool. the, the weather always, cause I do it outside unless there's lightning which there's never lightning in January. It's just always like freezing rain, but not lightning. And so it's so cold, but that introduces some chaos, right? And and uh, and then I try to listen to something different every morning. Like on, on Mondays, I'll do a fast run. And so I'll listen to pump up music. And then on Tuesdays, I listen to, I edit on kind of run through our Path for Growth podcast to make sure it sounds good because we release it on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. On Wednesdays, I listen to a sermon. On Thursdays, I listen to Jordan Peterson. On Fridays, I get to choose. And then on Saturdays, it's a silent run. And like you said, it's just like everything is so mundane. The, even just a morsel of variety represents the chaos that helps you get through it. That's awesome. And I think that's really important for the listeners to hear that is that it's okay to have a structure of, yes, I'm going to go to the gym every day from five to six and have a little bit of chaos in there. No, you don't have to do the same thing every time. And no, you don't have to listen to the same thing every time when you're at the gym, you want to mix it up because then you're not going to get into this boring routine where you end up losing your creativity. You end up becoming miserable with what you're doing and you end up hating that habit that you created because you're trying to get to a finish line. That that's right. But it's also wise to remember uh, that compounding results never come from chaos. Right. Yeah. Because chaos by nature, you're doing it's variety, right? You're doing something different compounding results, which is really the greatest form of results comes not by listening to one podcast comes from listening to, to that podcast every single week. Right. That that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. Like I've seen a lot of people, they treat podcasts the same way they treat cable television, which is fine. If you're literally looking for entertainment, go for it, you know, but what I've found is when I say, 
on Wednesdays, I'm going to listen to a sermon by Tim Keller, or even just I'm going to listen to a sermon, not just when I feel like it, but I establish the order, then I start to experience the compounding results of that occurring every Wednesday or every Thursday, not just listening to anyone that I want to listen to, but listening to Jordan Peterson, because I mean, if it's a good podcaster, their ideas are building on each other. So you can extract some value from one episode. You can extract mounds of value by a year's worth of episodes, but you can only do that if you have order. Right. And if you're listening to a brand new podcast every day, you're not getting anywhere. There's no compounding results. And if it's for entertainment, awesome. Like, and, and, right. and if that's, let's just be clear about what it's for. And if it's for growth, then, then let's clarify, where do you want to grow? What is a podcast that serves that type of growth and then get intentional about getting on a rhythm with it. But if it's just for entertainment, that's totally cool. I have no problem with that. Let's just be intentional. Yep. Yep. And call it what it is. Don't yep. pretend to do something um, that you don't believe in. So yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Any recommendations on tools or resources that you can give anyone on, on how to become more efficient or be better, more disciplined with, with goal setting and then following through with actually creating those habits. Yeah. I would say that book, the power of habit was transformational for me. Um, I wish I had a preferred whiteboard company. We should get path for growth. The podcast sponsored by a whiteboard company. That would be great. Like go get a whiteboard and just start creating something to track progress. I think would be really wise. Another yeah. great book is the book atomic habits. Um, is really, really excellent. I'm trying to think if there's any other resources that I would really recommend. <clears throat> Not necessarily like a planner or anything like that, right? Just you'd rather have your people actually read the books and pick up nuggets from them. That yeah, way. and and then like, that's the thing is like, don't just focus on on reading the book, focus on learning the book. Right. Right, and so a lot of times the way I know I've learned something is can I share it with someone else and can I teach it? And so like get to such a degree, if you really want to be good at this and if you want to make this your focus, which again, if you don't, that's totally okay. Let's just be intentional. If you really do want to get good in this area, learn it to such a degree that you're able to teach it right. and, and not like in a formal classroom, just like you would be able to describe succinctly the power and the reason why habits are so important and how to go about establishing habits because that's when you know that's when it gets in your being and it's not just something you passively learned that you'll forget about after you read your next book right yeah that is awesome well alex i could literally talk to you all day about this <laughs> man i gotta cut it off somewhere i don't know how long we've even gone on today uh but i don't know how long do you think we've gone on by about oh, 30, 40, 40 minutes. I don't know. I always, yeah, I always get lost in these conversations, dude. You're, you're a gifted interviewer. This was a lot of fun. I'm excited for everything you're doing. Yes. Thank you so much. How can our listeners reach out to you directly if they want to learn more uh, about what you're doing over there? Uh, yeah. Path for growth. Pathforgrowth.com is the website and then the, the podcast is path for growth. Uh, it, you can find it on any major podcast network and then on social media, we're also path for growth. And then, uh, I'm at jet on the run on social media kind of sounds like I'm on a con like I'm a convict cause it's like on the run, but I, I promise I'm not, I just like to run. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, you, you said your podcast as well. Yeah. Yep. Podcast is amazing. I listen to it on Spotify at least once a week and yeah, you have so many good tools and resources and they're really quick. I think your content episodes are less than 30 minutes. So yeah, anyone goal. can do it. Yeah. Anyone can do it on their way to work, even though that is passive learning, right? But you're still <laughs> doing something. That's right, man. Well, hey, thanks for your time today. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate it, man. See you, Nick. All right.